and welcome to Men in Charge. I'm Kevin Decker. And I'm Tony Flynn. This is The Vestigial Season 11. It's and where shows go to just wander off in the desert and not be heard from again. That's right. They kind of curl up in a fetal position near a rock, if possible, under a rock, if necessary. And the reason for this is that, as we said at the beginning of the season and have drummed into you every episode since then, season 10 was great. That's a big milestone, number 10. 11 is a millstone, by contrast. It is, contrast. around your neck. Yeah. So we have to get through season 11. We're contractually obligated by our volunteer duties here. So, uh, And we don't want to get in trouble with the contractor. We do not. So today's episode, Bus Pass or Donner Pass? <laughs> we ask the immortal perennial question. Yeah, we do ask this every year. <laughs> yeah. Bus pass, Donner pass. Yeah. Is it a choice, really? Yeah. Did the Donner party have a choice? Could someone have said, bus pass for me? Yeah, or maybe the Donner party would have just felt like idiots because somebody would have said, you know, you guys, there is a bus stop just over the top of that snowy hillock. And the bus passes are subsidized as they should be. That's right. So yeah. it would have cost nothing to ride for free, and then, of course, the cannibalism would have been avoided. Which well, it would have been diminished. It probably you diminished. You can never oh, yeah, avoid you're right. yeah, yeah. cannibalism. You can never completely avoid cannibalism. It's coming for you at and any point. Especially on public transit. So I, I think you're right. <laughs> I didn't say that at all, so I can't have been right. No, I think that public transit cannibalism is just a, a fait accompli, and then Uber and Lyft have gotten into the equation now. So who knows how many limbs you'll leave your next Uber ride Well, with. remember, the more limbs you leave, the higher your rating <laughs> with Uber and Lyft. <laughs> that is right. So think about that as an extra tip, like from the elbow down. So... Bus pass or Donner pass. We hope, ladies and gentlemen, that as you listen to all of our sketches today, all of which have something subtly to do with that theme. In uh, an unrelated way. Yeah, that you'll reflect on the question. It's kind of the to be or not to be of our time. And since it is a choice, fundamentally, because of the or, you really need to think carefully before you say, oh, Donner pass, because yeah. you don't like public transportation. Right. Donner pass is not... As good a pass. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, the two things kind of came together at my high school, Tony. Our school was way too small to use the yellow buses. So we all got free bus passes every month to ride public transit in St. Louis. So the line that would go up to the security kiosk at my high school to get the bus pass was rather rowdy. And I think people probably dropped out of it and probably were never seen again. I'm not quite sure about that. That's why well, the school was so small. Well, they chose the Donner Pass they rather did. than the Bus Pass. They did. They did. Yeah. Well, yeah. that was rash, and it does purge the specimen of that you call human here yeah. on this planet. It's a little cleansing. We should all be choosing Bus Pass, but do we have that level of wisdom? Are we ready for that choice? Not yet. I no. think everybody's heading. If you look around, you see that uh, insurrectionists are really folk heroes. You know we're heading for Donner Pass. That's correct. Um, yeah. I, I remember the first time, by the way, I used the uh, Party of Five Donner Party at a restaurant that I worked at. And <laughs> it's amazing how quickly people forget about these things. Uh, really? Some yeah. people stood up? Yeah. You yeah. know, two different groups stood up. Yeah. And then you say, what did you have for lunch? That's right. Did you have some that? That's right. 
Or you could always say, you two groups are going to have to fight this out or something like that. You, know? <laughs> you got away with a lot. Well, you're still getting away with a lot. Kevin. Yeah, here Except we are. You used to say those things inappropriately yeah, when you I, were younger. That's right. And now um, I'm not getting and paid. Now you're still not to, getting paid right, for it. To say, but those you're getting things. away with it. But I know somewhere out there, people are listening to this in the podcast form and thinking, "Hey, we need a sequel to a great show like The Big Bang Theory or Young Sheldon, and maybe Tony and Kevin would write it for us." For free. But neither of those. Yeah, neither of those. Good Lord. No. Tony, since we have a lot of time to talk on today's show, I would sure love to just talk a moment about the new recurring segment that premieres today. That's called Deputize. The one that you wrote. In I, did, other words, I did. You're write it. just a craven self-promoter today, I, aren't I, you? I am. But also when we start something new, particularly if I wrote it, I feel like we should celebrate <laughs> it. <laughs> I do too. And as we know, there's little to celebrate in no. a vestigial season, but we should yeah. celebrate Deputize right. series. Explain what that's about, Kevin. Well, the premise here is that uh, familiar characters in the show, Sheriff A. Coors is taking his podcast on the road with his deputy, Thorn Withers. And the premise of the show is that they're going to deputize a member of the Lower Heights community, a lot of famous voices and characters that you've heard on the show over the years, to help them solve a crime. Now, I cannot guarantee that in any of the episodes they actually solve a crime. Sorry. But it sounded good. I'm still laughing yeah. about when you talked about the Donner Party when you oh, were working as the waiter. Yeah. Okay. I, let's get back to deputized. Sorry. Well, I could also tell you stories about how I used to take whole slices of Italian bread and whole pats of butter and go back by the restrooms and jam it into my mouth because I was so hungry bussing tables and they wouldn't give me any food. But let's talk about it was deputized. That going to the Donner Party <laughs> yeah, for you. That was my revenge on the people who wouldn't feed me when I worked <laughs> at a restaurant. Okay. Sorry. Back to deputized. So deputized premieres today as it appropriately should with Dan Blanche. Lower Heights Community College's longest serving adjunct writing instructor. And he's been in and out of jail a couple of times. For thanks, no reason. For no good reason, thanks to Sheriff Coors. And now he's a ride-along. And so my hope, having written the script but pretending not to remember what happens in it, that he will get kind of a redemption or a salvation from, from his <laughs> No doubt. Here. The Dan Blanche <laughs> episodes always end well mm. for the other characters. But yeah. the thing is, these characters are deputized to help solve a crime, and we're going to uh, watch Dan do that. We if are. you can visualize it through your ears. Yeah. After that, we will have. Uh, now, Tony, this is a new series of commercials that right. you have kind of explained to me as being why do we need these things, right? Well, or. or, or <laughs> <laughs> it's not why do we need them so much as you already have them. Yeah. <laughs> why buy more? But yeah. we had soft butter a couple of weeks yeah, ago. That, this one is a commercial for ice cubes. Right. Like, you can go right. buy ice cubes and melt them and then make ice cubes. <laughs> So you learned something about the new ice cube technology yeah. that everyone's talking about. And then last but not least, today we'll wrap up the episode with the latest in a long-running series of sketches, RV Rapture. Tony, one of your characters is, is kind of the main character in this. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Rupert? Yeah, as we recall, Fred and Margaret, the RV owners, God gave them a big crash. They died. They went half to hell and half to earth, and they're trying to do good deeds. 
but Satan is working on Margaret, and he put a demon gerbil on her shoulder to whisper evil things. St. Peter responds by putting the only available heavenly messenger they had, a slug named Rupert. And Rupert has been working for a few episodes to make it all the way from Margaret's ankle up to her shoulder to be able to whisper spiritual guidance. But he's not there yet, and he keeps getting stuck. And That's right. Like when Margaret leans back in her seat. Yeah. It's a flattening experience. But listen in, RV Rapture. Okay, uh, this light is on, so this thing is live. Welcome to a new show I like to call Deputized, starring Timothy Oliphant. And with me, your star, Sheriff Albert Coors. Tell him what it's all about, Deputy Thorn Withers. Hello, listener. Welcome to the new podcast of the County of Lower Heights Sheriff's Department. It's Deputized, the show where we... Starring Timothy Oliphant. You forgot. Ah, uh, Sheriff... You know we're never going to get Timothy Oliphant on the podcast. I heard he liked country, though. We're country. Listener, just to clarify, it's Deputized, starring the unaccountably absent Timothy Oliphant. Every week, we pin the shiny deputy's badge on a new citizen of Lower Heights, and then they get to help us solve a crime. Okay. Uh, fix my pants. Now, damn it, Thorne, I told you not to be a so-called shock jock on this podcast. No electronic effects. Okay, Sheriff. Hey, uh, introduce our brand new deputy who will patrol the mean streets of Lower Heights with us on today's premiere episode of Deputize, Thorne. It's... May I have a drum roll, please, Chief? What do you want, Thorne? I can't use the drum roll sound effect, so... Oh, I... It's Dan Blanche, a recently rehired adjunct writing instructor whose only real life is his students' future. We chose Dan Blanche to be a deputy? Sir, he's a well-meaning but never gonna win in a Larry David kind of way mensch. Thorn, my head... I told you not to be using so many words in your sentence pronunciations. Oh, sheesh, just bring on the Blanche. Don't applaud. Don't applaud, folks. This here's a real scoundrel who's washed many a floor at Lower Heights State Prison, the downtown prison, mind you, with a toothbrush. Gee, Sheriff Coors, I don't know why you're so down on me. I really have never done anything wrong. Dan, 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 Dan. I think what the chief is trying to say, Dan, is that you attract trouble. You're wan and stooped in your posture. You're a little man in a big world. Yep. Well, let's saddle up. Next crime that comes over the citizens' band, we'll put you right on the front lines, Dan, for all the good it'll do us. Where am I supposed to be going? The squad car over there. That's a Domino's pizza delivery car, not a squad car. Real deputies have to make a living too, Dan. And my night manager at Domino's is fine with us using the car for pursuits and to make arrests. Free advertising. Yes, free advertising. Okay, I'll squeeze in back. 
do I get a gun? (laughs) 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 Well, Out, out, out of safety, I gotta ask you. You don't smoke, do you? Here, catch, here's a road flare. Oh, and we gotta deputize you, Dr. Blanche. It's just Professor Blanche, please. All right, little professor. I hereby dub thee Deputy Danny for the rest of the day. Ow! How many pins does a badge need on its back? And can I get a little respect by your calling me Deputy Blanche out there? Just consider it an honor to serve the community, Deputy Danny. Now, we likes to start you off small and let you accelerate at your own pace, Dan. You gave me a burlap shoulder bag and a nail on a broom handle. This feels an awful lot like collecting litter, not solving crimes. What do you mean, Dan? Litterbugging is a misdemeanor in Lower Heights County. Uh, you missed one. I mean, where's the interesting crime? Where's the evidence? Where's the criminal? Now, if you knew where the criminal was, there'd be no mystery at all, right, Dan? Surely you know about that from your teaching of Shylock Holmes and all. Fellow Deputy Withers, could you at least put down that box of donuts and help me? I have to hold these for the chief. Those are crawlers. There's a difference. You only have to hold them for the chief because he's got a tremendous, super big slurp of Diet Coke in one hand and what looks like a filthy child's doll in the other. I found it back there. You could clean that up easy, chief. It's not for me, mind. It's for my grandniece. Look, if I could just prove to you my fellow protectors of the law, that our time is being wasted picking up used car dealership flyers and wrappers for lard-based, shelf-stable, gooey confections. If I could prove this is a waste, then would you agree to let me help solve a crime or, or at least get out of being in any more this episode? Actually, I don't have to solve a crime. Oh, Chief, there's another condom. Ugh. Ah, Dan, Thorne and me have worked out a little system of categories for the road detritus over the years. It's like a game. Every time we find a condom, the sheriff drinks. Two slurps if it's a used condom. Ugh, ugh. Listen, what you're putting me through, I just can't believe this is legal. This is like a kind of slavery telling me you were going to take me to lunch for a fish sandwich and... We told you. Fish Shack closed down last week. We forgot. And put me on television for a crime drama show thing. I might file a complaint. Dan, who are you going to file a complaint to? I'm also the county auditor, the county firearms permit officer, and the county fish egg inspector. There's nowhere up above me. I could offer a brief but pointed remonstrance with Guy Burley, principal budget steward and public bartender. I believe he's also some kind of ombudsman. 
Oh, that's a really low thing to call a man, Dan. Ah, mud sand. And Burley was fired months ago when a kind of grim new sense of reality really set into the local public sector civil servants. I could complain to Mayor Frint. Oh, I turned my ankle. (laughs) (laughs) What? I have a seriously bad muscular pulsing in my ankle. I walked on this stupid gravel wrong. Man, I think you better just use your professorial wiles and try and convince us we're wasting our time out here. Acting is not your strong suit. Chief, another crawler? Oh, I can't get me back there. I'll just tuck it under your arm right there, Sheriff Coors. Oh, my God. Okay, here's my argument. Is this really what you want to do with your life? Why do all your favorite sheriffs on television shows get all the action and the romance while you're eating crullers and drinking volumes of Diet Coke on a roadside, basically on prisoner duty? Couldn't you change things to make that happen? Starting with letting me exercise my self-determination and leave? I always did want to be like that Sheriff Lobo of the Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo, what ran on NBC for two years, 79 to 81. I can't say that I know the program. Maybe if you tell me the novel it was based on. Don't recall a Sheriff Lobo program. It was a spinoff of the much more popular BJ and the Bear, the trucking comedy that ran the same years, also NBC. Oh, right. Dan, Thor knows everything about television, UHF, VHF, horizontal hold, whatever you want to know, you go to Thorn. What about my argument? I deliberately used words of three or fewer syllables. Dan, look to the west. What do you see? <sighs> the sun setting. Thank God my day of deputizing is over. You picked that right up, Dan. Better do as the chief says. You dump in the bag, that's littering, Dan. I told you, it's a misdemeanor. However, if we consider the sheer volume of the debris, that leaps up to the diving platform of felony. Fine. Here's the criminal. Here I am. Look, we solved a crime together. Dan, Dan, Dan. Thorn, cuff him. Turn around, Dan. Now don't resist. Well, listener, that looks like the end of the crime slash mystery for the day. Dan's off to more free room and board at the Lower Heights Jail. And we promise we won't arrest every guest here on Deputized. Men in Charge, synthesizing things that don't belong together since 2012. Men in Charge is brought to you today by Ice Cubes. Listener, how many times has this happened to you? You've left a glass of tap water on the windowsill, hoping it will cool overnight. But last night's bourbon and wine cooler bender means that you don't wake up until 3 p.m., hungover as the troll living under a bridge. And that glass of water has not only not cooled off on the sunny windowsill, 
but it's hot enough to do your laundry in. What's worse, there's something floating in it. In your fury, you set fire to the curtains and leave your friend's apartment, never to return. Come on, listener. That's no way to live. Why not try ice cubes? The ice cube's patented technology keeps your water colder, longer, and whatever ends up floating in it overnight will probably be dead. Here's how it works. Pick up a bag of ice chunks from the freezer section of your local store. Then put that bag in the refrigerator overnight so that the ice chunks will melt but remain cold. In the morning, carefully pour the water from the bag into the series of ice cube trays that you ordered from us at icecubes.com last week and place the ice cube trays into your freezer. Finally, watch a few hours of Gilligan's Island reruns while the freezing magic happens almost under your nose. Then simply pop a few of your brand new ice cubes into a glass, open that tap over the sink, and drink until you have to breathe again. Except no substitutes. Try clear, cold ice cubes soon. Because don't be an idiot. Give the water a chance to freeze. Remember, there's always the small chance of something going seriously wrong with Men in Charge. Greetings. I am here to bestow the Lord's blessings upon all our listeners. Wait, who are you? What's this? Who am I? I am Rupert, the heavenly slug, one of God's own messengers, I'd like to take a little time. Very nice, Rupert, but time is what we don't have. Why, St. Peter, how nice to... I still need to get the harp budget ready for my next meeting with the Lord. And, well, I'll just say that heaven does not run itself. (sighs) Let me speed things along by reminding folks that Rupert here is one of God's messengers and his latest assignment... Ah, Fred and Margaret, or... Just Margaret, to be precise. Come on, Rupert. Have you attached yourself to her shoulder yet? Well, I started at her ankle two weeks ago, and I've worked my way up past her waist, past her elbow, past... Just tell me, where are you right now, Rupert? I'm at the triceps. I don't like to complain, but... Every time Margaret leans back in the seat, she pinches me between the cushion and her upper arm. And with my soft body, these cramped conditions are a little bit uncomfortable. Oof! As all you faithful listeners will remember, Fred and Margaret are the patron saints for the RV set. They have one foot in heaven and one foot in hell after a lifetime of irresponsible fossil fuel usage. To stay out of Satan's clutches, they are required to drive around in a little electric Mazda doing good deeds every day. 
and they had better keep doing them because Satan is always at the ready. That's right, St. Peter. Satan's familiar, Mr. Cuddles, the demon gerbil, stays on Margaret's left shoulder while I am making a quick beeline to her right. And do you have an ETA, Rupert? Time is of the essence, St. Peter. Oof, for me too. If all goes well, I should be on Margaret's shoulder in a little under a week. Oh my, I think her last move just bruised one of my ocular tentacles. I might need an eye patch. I wonder if a day off would help. I need to be in top form for my battle with Mr. Cuddles. A day off? This is a battle between good and evil, slug and gerbil. You can't take a day off. Instead, you better hustle your tubercles up that woman's arm or the Lord is going to be displeased. Fred? Fred? What, Margaret? I think Rupert is on the move. How can you tell? Well, he was just above my elbow, and now he's heading up the back of my upper arm. You you hear that? Don't lean back. You'll squish the poor little guy against the car seat. It's the slime trail. It itches. But Rupert is the good guy. Fred, he's a slug. And Mr. Cuddles has soft fur and the cute little horns. Margaret, Mr. Cuddles is a minion of Satan, and he carved the mark of the gerbil into your neck with his pointy demon tail. And he's the bad guy. And it doesn't matter if he's cute. With all those kids getting tattoos these days... I think the mark of the gerbil is, um, a fashion statement. A fashion statement of yours is going to get us sent right back to Satan's Lake of Fire campground if you're not careful. At least Satan's campground is roomier than this Mazda subcompact. You can't be serious. I think the mark of the gerbil thing is clouding your judgment. I like my judgment just fine. All I have to say is that Rupert better hurry up. Ah, ah, red alert. Time to pour on the slug speed. Going as fast as I can. I feel the wind blowing back my ocular tentacles. Well, listeners, St. Peter here, back to let you know that your time is up. Wait, I mean that your radio time is up for today, not, you know, <laughs> your final time up. After all, we still have some big questions for next week. Will Rupert the Heavenly Slug avoid runner's cramp so that he can make it up to Margaret's shoulder? And once he's there, will his saintly slime trails save her from Mr. Cuddle's demonic influence? Will Fred talk her into his and her tattoos as a fashion substitute for the mark of the gerbil? Will we hear Margaret say, You mean they do that with needles? And we will hear Fred say, Ah, oh, geez, does it have to be a tramp stamp? Tony, I think it's uh, time to wrap up today's episode and thank the cast. Let's do it, however grudgingly. We'd like to thank, and therefore we are in the midst of thanking, Kevin Decker, Tony Flynn, Ryan Weldon, Nisha Schramm, 
Jody Stewart-Strobelt, Ann Porter, Scott Herrick, and Nancy Roth as the Stern Hall Monitor. <laughs> One of my favorite characters. We'd like to thank our writers, Kevin Decker, Tony Flynn, and Ann Porter. We'd also like to thank The Bad Plus for our theme song, and we'd like to thank an entire coterie of individuals who have supported us through today's episode. Vern Windham, Nisha Schramm, Carrie Boyce, Savannah Asti, Nancy Roth, and the man who sold the world but forgot to get a receipt, Brian Lindsay. <laughs>